Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cinemasters Podcast. Navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,721. Never tell me the odds. I see dead people. Go ahead. Make my day. And gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth! This is my boomstick. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. Cinemasters movie game of 2012, where we talk about all the movies that came out in the year 2012. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So many so that we actually had to split it up into two episodes. So this is part two. Uh, If you're listening to this without listening to the other one, you should go find the other one. They can be found on iTunes by searching Cinemasters or by going to our blog at thecinemasters.blogspot.com. Uh, so Hunger Games uh, had Liam Hensworth in it. I don't know how. I don't know where. I, 
he was yeah. one of the love interests. I forget mm-hmm. which the name oh, is. Oh, was Gail Hawthorne. He was yeah. the other guy. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, he was also uh, in The Expendables 2. Um, I wish and wish and wish and wish that I had had a chance to see this movie. I had, I had, wanted, I had wanted nothing to do with the first movie. Literally nothing. And at some point in time, I was over at a friend's house and he had... Uh, a, a projector screen in his basement and he had just happened to rent it and he hadn't seen it yet. And so he's like, well, do you want to watch the, I mean, we could just watch the first 15 minutes. If it's not any good, we can be shut up, whatever. Um, and, and I remember being extremely surprised by it. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't being, it wasn't aspiring to be any more than it was. And it was just a really, really solid action flick. And I remember being so surprised at it because it's a bunch of, I mean, older action film stars kind of coming together and doing one last hurrah kind of thing. And I mean, it was, it was, it was astounding. And, and it was, it was way better than it had any credit be. Uh, and when it came out with this, when they, when they announced the second one, I, I got really excited about getting to sort of relive that uh, astonishment. Uh, and I, I do fully expect to get to watch this in, in the near future once it comes out on DVD. I'm completely in the same boat in that I wish I'd seen this in theaters because it would be a lot better in theaters because it's definitely an action flick. The first one I did see in theaters and when guy gets blown in half by a shotgun in like the first two minutes, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And it was exactly what I wanted it to be, which was, you know, just kind of senseless violence with a loose plot in there a bit of a love story, but it wasn't with Sylvester, which was the smartest move that movie made. Um, a lot of good interaction between the different badasses, for lack of better term. Um, yeah, like that whole relationship between um, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone and the English guy who's in all the driving movies. Jason um, Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. Um, and, and this whole idea of, of, of a bullet moving faster or a knife moving faster and all that stuff. It was, it was, so there's some really good discourse in there. I liked it. <laughs> I, uh, didn't see it. Um, so I can't speak too harshly about it. I did watch the first 30 minutes of the first Expendables twice. I have a, a 30 minute rule I try and keep to, I'll give a movie at least 30 minutes to kind of capture me and, I can turn it off after that, um, and I gave it two tries. I fell asleep about 30 minutes into it the first time, and uh, the second time I couldn't stand it after 30 minutes. And so, but it's good to hang pirates. Oh. It, it it didn't make me want to go see a, a second one. Um, I mean, if I I've had a lot of people accuse me I don't like action movies. I guess um, I like them fine. I just didn't like this one. I think there have been better action movies this year uh, that have come out. Haywire comes to mind. Um, mm, loved Haywire. But, yeah, so I can't speak too ill of this one as much as I'd like to because I don't really have a great point of reference for it. Mm. Fair enough. Well, also in Expendables 2 is Bruce Willis, who plays an old Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Looper. All right, who wants to start this one off? I wanted to see this movie so bad, and I don't know why I didn't, but I wanted to, and I want to still, and 
Joko. I saw the makeup on Joko, and he looks so much like Bruce Lewis is creepy. And there's this line in the – sorry, I'm just going to gush about what I know about it. Um, <laughs> there's this line in it where he's sitting across the table from Bruce Willis, and um, they're looking at each other, and he says to himself, your face is backwards. And it totally makes sense because it's not like he's looking in the mirror. He's looking <laughs> in the real thing, which means it's not a reflection. So smart. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Tell me you've seen this, right, Dan? I have seen this. Okay, good. I'm not I went one. on a Saturday by myself to see this because I really, really wanted to see this. Because I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love the Ryan Johnson, the director. He's Definitely. done so Brick, many great movies. Bloom, yeah. Brick is my f- one of my favorite movies, and it's so well done. And this movie just blew me away. Yes, there are some, you know arguable science decisions that were made about it but you know that's to be expected with a time travel movie it was it had the feel of a gangster movie that had the sci-fi uh explanation or experience to it as well what i there's really only one thing i didn't really like about this movie and it was they added the fact that some people are telekinetic just for a plot point uh, it, it's nothing major. It just it didn't quite sit right with me throughout the entire movie. But everything else about the movie is good enough to overlook it. Yeah, I uh, I love this movie. It is definitely a movie. Um, but it's one of my favorites of the year. I think. Um, I agree wholeheartedly about Ryan Johnson. Uh, Brick. He also worked with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on. Um, that was his first movie. It was great. Brothers Bloom. I enjoyed quite a bit. And I was really looking. F- forward to this and the problem I had was I wanted to see it wanted to see it but I had all these people telling me you better take me with you when you go see it so I had to wait till everybody was available um, but I did end up going to see it with a couple friends and uh, it's just great I, I do agree with you that there's I think what happened is he had a couple different plot threads that he wanted to make movies out of and he decided that there was a way for him to make one movie that you know had each of those elements um, in it. He does tell Dante. Yeah, and and you know, I, I think that it's still a very very good movie. There's probably several very good movies that could have been made out of it. And there are some plot threads that seem like they're dangling just because it would have taken another forty five minutes to delve into it enough to make it make sense. Correct. I, yeah. I like I like that Ryan Johnson's really interactive with his fans. He released a commentary I have downloaded, I haven't used yet, um, that you're supposed to put on a iPod or other MP3 player and watch in the theater. So when it comes out on DVD, nice. I'm going to play that <laughs> and use the director's commentary with it. So That's cool. It was very good, very good. Definitely a high movie for me, one of the top of the year as well. Uh, one performance that kind of gets undersung is Jeff Daniels in this Definitely. movie. Definitely. He is fantastic. I love Jeff Daniels, and he's done so much for the state of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Last time or last summer when I was in Michigan, he played at the Tibbetts Opera House, and I got to hang out with him backstage. Oh, f off! Really? Yep. When was that? Why didn't anyone call me? I would have come back. Two thousand nine, and if I oh, I see what you said. Okay, I would have. Yeah, yeah you were before I got there. He has a great role in the movie, and and he just plays it so well. There's there's a lot mm-hmm. of little roles like that that uh, it's just it's so important that he come across the right way in order for that character to make sense. Um, 
and yeah, I think it's perfect. Who else was in that movie, Dan? Emily Blunt, who is an actress who starred alongside uh, what's his name, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel in the five-year engagement. I don't know why I didn't. Also see known movie. as the rich man's Rudy Schubach. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Siegel's the rich man Rudy Schubach. Okay. Right. I no, Emily Blunt. I thought you meant the movie. <laughs> no, I thought the second. movie was called The Rich Man's Rudy Schubach. <laughs> and I was like, what? Really? I have to see this movie. I don't know why I didn't see this movie. Jason Siegel and I have a kinship that he doesn't even know about yet. Um, <laughs> And uh, I hear they're making a new Muppet movie without him in it, and instead they're going to cast me because it just makes sense. Um, I have but, heard that. Bring down that budget. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this this looks so good, and I love him, and I don't know why I didn't go see it. I mean, it's probably for the same reason I don't go see a lot of really good movies. Just, I don't have time, or I don't have friends. Who, you need to come visit, Rudy. I don't have friends, Period. Uh, no, I have I have a bunch of friends who are all in grad school. And they don't have time ever to do anything ever, uh, and that those are the only people I know in Michigan right now. So there you go. One day, one day I'll be back in the Northwest and I'll watch movies at the Lloyd Center all the time. <laughs> Regal Fox Tower in Portland. Okay. I did see this movie in theaters, and I recently watched it again. And it totally holds up. It's it's a very fun movie. It's very it's pretty realistic until the end. Um, there the, probably my favorite part of the movie is that there's a guy who is like Jason Siegel's boss at one point, and he's the pickle nerd of the town. <laughs> and it, it's it's just ridiculous. You get to see you know it's what Brian living Hussain, in Michigan right? that who does. About? you yeah i think so that sounds right yeah um, hey you should edit this part out but you should also send me that file so i can watch it i don't have the file but I'll oh. red red box it it's like a dollar in red box oh, is it out on yes. okay. yeah that's how i watched it yeah so you can leave that part in while we tell rudy the way that he should be paying for his movies i yes. almost always do i've been buying blu-rays okay all right <laughs> red box it's a dollar a day dollar 25 for blu-rays come on Anyways, very good movie. Uh, very poignant if you've ever been in a long distance relationship. Um, it has one of the funniest scenes ever where Emily Blunt and Alison Brie are yelling at each other as <laughs> Elmo and the Cookie Monster. And they're having Alison a very Brie. serious con- uh, conversation in front of their kids, and it's just hilarious and so well done. C is for condom, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. spoil anything it's so good it's still funny <laughs> definitely um very very good movie i think yeah i uh i watched it as well i didn't see it in theaters i red boxed it um i think it's a solid movie uh i didn't love it i think that it suffers from something that a lot of the apatow produced comedy suffer from which is that it's too long by about 20 minutes it's yes. it's over two hours i think it's like two hours and 15 minutes or something and i did find that there were plot threads that i was just wondering why they were continuing with them there's a lot of i understand that it's about a long distance relationship and it's about the time that they have to spend apart and together in places where they don't want to be but 
it was making me not want to sit down and watch the movie at some parts. <laughs> I think that I think that a, given to a good editor, you could probably get an hour and a half, hour and 40 minute movie that was much, much better. That being said, at about two hours and 15 minutes or so, it was still really enjoyable, even if it was um, dull in a couple points. Yep. That pretty much says it all. And I love Emily Blunt. She's awesome. Yeah. And Allison Brie is awesome. Jason Segel is awesome. Yeah, again, casting is very well done in this one. Yeah, casting's key. <clears throat> um, so I, I guess I'll take a crack at the name. Um, one of the catalysts for one of the uh, problems in the five-year engagement is Rise Ithens, uh, who I, I know. It's Rissy Fons. Rissy Fons, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, who was also uh, Dr. Connors in The Amazing Spider-Man, which came out this year, which I saw. And I think that it's a – it's on the borderline of flick and movie for me. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with movie just to give it a little bit of respect. Um, it, it suffered from the fact that it went through the origin story again, and although I like the take that it took, and it is slightly different, it's something that, that as a comic book fan and as someone who's seen the first trilogy several times knows already – I didn't find it dull, but it was repetitive and unnecessary, in my opinion. Uh, the one thing that really brought me into it, though, was the uh, core relationship between uh, uh, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy, and also uh, Gwen Stacy's father, uh, Captain Stacy. Oh, yes. And uh, those three core characters um, really grounded the movie, and the relationships between them uh, was great, and I think well worth the watch. Dennis Leary. I mean, I I like Dennis Leary. I like him. And uh, I saw I watched um, oh Demolition Man recently and and found him in there and I hadn't realized. Um, but Dennis Leary in this movie is so good, and this movie in general is really very good. I I mean, every time we come to a movie, I almost always gush about it, and I think it's because I'm I'm. At my core, really easy to please. Um, <laughs> That's true. To be absolutely honest, uh, and and I really really enjoyed Spider Man. I would say that um, I don't th I don't think I think I would rather give it respect by saying it is an amazing flick than 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 turn it into an okay movie. Um, it the the action sequences are really good. Uh, the way he used his webbing was was really great like that whole the whole this whole sewer thing where he sort of just shoots a whole bunch of stuff to, to use the vibration sensation that a spider would use to hunt is is it's really very intelligent and not something and, you saw in the first trilogy exactly so a, a new idea um and the training montage of him in the uh skate the, park or whatever the, the skate warehouse, park or the warehouse where he's like doing tricks while doing three-fingered push-ups while <laughs> just bending himself upside down, just really well done. Um, but I think my favorite part of the whole movie was um, his his attitude and his the way he interacted with Gwen Stacy uh, because he was that sort of socially awkward guy. And he may have been a, a, a more attractive than ought, perhaps ought to have been uh, Peter But Parker. then again, it's not like Tobey Maguire's. Yeah. You know, I mean, come no. on. They're all movie stars. 
There Let's you go. Yeah. Um, pretty people with problems, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but his, his social interaction was kind of awkward, which was sort of spot on for me. And yet there was still that sort of magnetism that I could see Gwen Stacy naturally becoming attracted to like this guy is interested in me and he, and he doesn't know how to control it. And that's kind of cute. Um, so yeah, really good movie. Watch it. Flick. Flick. Really good flick. Look. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Sometimes I'm going to drop nouns that are not the right thing, but this is definitely an amazing flick. Go watch yes. this movie. Uh, <laughs> I love this movie. I'm, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the original trilogy. And I, most I of loved the one and two, I had but three it. made me upset with them in general. I was perfectly happy with one. I was perfectly okay with two. I liked three more than most people because I saw it as what it was, which was a fun action flick and not much more than that. Um, I did have problems with emo Spider-Man, but who didn't? So that being said, I think this movie succeeds a lot of ways that the first trilogy failed. Mainly, it's the uh, first off, it's definitely the building of Peter Parker as a character. I don't think they did it nearly as well in the original trilogy. Andrew Garfield, I like a lot better than Tobey Maguire as both Peter Parker and Spider Man. And I knew this was going to be the case when I saw the previews, and he's like, oh no, you found my weakness. It's small (laughs) knives. Yeah, to bring back the snarky. That is Spider Man. Um, I also really love Emma Stone. I, I, I'll watch pretty much anything she's in just to see her performance of it at least once. Uh, the acting all around was great. Sally Field as Aunt May is fantastic. I've liked her in pretty much everything I've seen her in. Uh, the portrayal of Uncle Ben actually gets you to care about Uncle Ben before he gets killed. Spoiler alert if you don't know that already <laughs> if you've been living under been. all kinds of rocks and sand and grass and <laughs> this is one of the big problems of the first movie is they just kind of gloss over his death not necessarily his death but like his life before the <laughs> death say. <laughs> and that like you don't have enough time with him to really care about him so that he dies and you're like oh he's gonna become spider-man now and in this movie it's like he dies and you're like oh and, yeah, because yeah. we get to see his interaction with Peter a lot, a lot more. Like that whole idea that he's like he's like the allowing father, and then uh, or stepfather, godfather, something uncle. father, uh, surrogate father, um, and uh, and then and then when he needs to crack the whip a little bit, he still does, and yet and is still sort of a loving figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and another thing I think this one did really well was instead of going straight for you know the Green Goblin as the villain, they just kind of hint at it. Um, also, there's a backstory for his parents and some sort of dark mystery there, which is probably going to play out in the next movie or two. And I'm totally okay with that setup because it works and it's artfully done, I think. So I would definitely say this mm. is a strong movie. I think it's more than a flick. I I could see people thinking or seeing it as a flick, but I think it's more because I liked it better than the entire trilogy before. 
Oh, don't get me wrong. I thought all of those movies were also flicks, but I just think this was a, a flick of a higher caliber. And and I have to say that uh, it does have me looking forward to the next one um, with Mark Webb staying on to direct and everybody returning and the casting of Mary Jane. Um, well, almost everybody. I like. Well, yeah. Who's I mean, going to be Mary Jane? It's uh, the girl from The Descendants. She's also the secret life of American teenager. I forget what her name is. Uh, but uh, yeah, she was the older daughter uh, in The Descendants, the George Clooney movie, which she was really good in. Didn't see that either, sorry. Uh, nor did I. But her name is Shailene, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. Jinx. Speaking. Yeah. <laughs> and she she's very she was very good in that, so she's a solid choice. She's uh, you know, not as great as Emma Stone, I don't think, but she's a good successor to the starring female role and jamie fox as electro yeah I, that's crazy <laughs> i'm excited but about that i, I hope they jamie keep fox. the cheesy very colorful costume i think and jamie yes. fox is fantastic i he's, mean he's a good actor yeah it'll, yeah. it'll be a nice it'll it's gonna be an interesting nice movie movie cred yeah the next one might actually get boosted up to, to movie status in my in my book because of jamie fox <laughs> good <laughs> awesome so yeah, I think that's enough about Spider-Man. Speaking of movies amazing. I haven't seen, <laughs> Dennis Leary was also a voice actor in the movie Ice Age. I believe this is Ice Age 4 at this point? Ice Age Too Many? Yeah. I mean, I I haven't really seen any of them. Like, I have not seen a single Ice Age movie, and that's probably to, to my fault. I'm sure there's something in there that I would enjoy. Again, because I'm easy to please, but I haven't seen any of them, um, so I can't. I can't really talk. I'm pretty sure I saw the first one, and it was okay. Um, I know I've seen parts of another one while we were on a ferry in Sydney, and they had it on mute, so we started saying the voices out loud, like voicing it over ourselves, and that was really amusing. But that's pretty much my only memory of. Ice Age. I saw the first one, uh, which was a fine enough kids movie, but I haven't seen any since. Uh, this one wasn't really even on my radar, uh, like some uh, cartoons or animated movies are, like we've talked about before. I mean, uh, at least I knew what Hotel, Hotel Transylvania was uh, and that it was coming out. I didn't know that there's a new Ice Age out this year. So that, Yeah, when Ice Age something. showed up on the list, I was like, wait, that was this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't really get a lot of buzz. Um, I don't know if it was because it wasn't good or if it well, just but if you look at, so if much you look at the Yeah, if you look at the, the lineup this year, we had Hotel Transylvania, we had uh, Ice Age 5, whatever. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Rocket Rise of the Ra Guardians, uh, Brave, Brave, Brave. Um, uh, Frank and Weenie, uh, yep. what was the other uh, Tim Burton one? Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't yeah. remember. There were a ton of, of really good, solid kids movies coming out. Oh, uh, Madagascar uh, yeah, 3. Yeah, another one of those. Came out that was, yeah, another one of those, which apparently was very good. I didn't see it again, but whatever. Yeah, my nieces liked it. But then again, they're easy to please too, Rudy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My whole family, we just like it. Um, so let's skip through Ice Age. Uh, this is my favorite transition we have. I love Because this it goes actor. from Ice Age, Continental Drift, 
to Nick Frost to Snow White. I want to guess about Nick Frost. For Ice Frost. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's abusing. That's cute. Anyways, moving on. It's my favorite transition because Nick Frost is is, is a total boss. Um, <laughs> I like this guy. And I remember sitting in the cold uh, of the of the drive-in theater watching this movie that I was sort of tepid about. And I'm sitting there watching, and then the doors come up, and they're sort of talking, and they're sort of being violent a little bit. And then in the background, I see this face, and I was like, son of a bitch. That's Nick Frost. I know it. And so I literally reach for my cell phone right away and start IMDBing it because I need to know if it's actually Nick Frost being dwarfized. And it was. And it made me super, super happy. And I perked up until the doors were sort of out of the picture. So See, I, I noticed Nick Frost, but it was Ian McShane who caught me. I was like, wait a second. Is that dwarf Al Swearingen? And <laughs> But yeah, Nick Frost is great. So... <laughs> I would say that this movie is an okay flick. Um, I got to the end of the movie and I was like, okay, all right, I guess. Uh, And as someone who's easy to please, that kind of hurt my heart a little bit because I like coming out of things that I spent an hour and a half on being like, yeah, all right, yeah. And this was very much not that. Um, I was, I mean, the the main thing I got out of the movie was Kristen Stewart can get through a whole movie without looking into the camera and pensively biting her lip. <clears throat> surprisingly. Um, surprisingly, yeah. And I was like, look, if she does, if she, if that happens in this movie, I'm probably going to take a nap. Wake really? me up for Men in Black. Um, See, the I'm, lesson I got out of this is that there's only one person person in the world who thinks that she's better looking than Charlize Theron and that's the director she's sleeping with. <laughs> I'm starting to think that that was a ploy for him to get her off the movie, off the sequels. <laughs> which totally worked and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Chris Hemsworth in it was good. I love Chris Hemsworth. It was nice to hear his his natural accent. Uh, I liked a lot of the the effects. I liked the the CGI on the the, the wild creatures and um, the troll, the bridge troll, and the the white stag. I mean, even some of that final battle was kind of cool. And the weird like milk stuff that covered Charlize's throat body. I mean, that was. Uh, a little hot. Yeah. yeah, it was it was an okay flick for me. Uh, it looked pretty. I had a lot of problems with the performances. Chris Hemsworth, I think, did okay. I don't remember any of the dwarves, um, which means they weren't memorable. But they're not really supposed to be. Kristen Stewart. I think it was smart of them to take out a lot of her lines so that it was a better movie. <laughs> Charlie Theron seemed to have two levels. Granted, she was both good at both of them, but she was either whispering or yelling. It mm. seemed like um, that this movie exhibits one problem I've been having a lot recently in these kind of period uh, classic pieces, specifically also Game of Thrones, where people ride into battle without a helmet on. I get it that we need to see their faces, but it's still stupid to not have a helmet on when you're riding into a sword fight. Full, hey, have full, all they, other body did, armor. 
they did the helmet thing with uh, 300 and they still all look like individuals. Exactly. Um, I mean, it, it was what I thought it was going to be a fun action movie with not fantastic performances all around. I mean, I think Chris Hemsworth was the strongest actor. Because he's the strongest actor. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> hey, oh, that's a muscular joke. I get it. Um, I thought it was a mediocre movie. Uh, I think that it strived to be more than a flick. Uh, I don't think it succeeded with being a great movie. I mean, I'm at the place where... I know some people who saw it after me. They asked me what I thought, and I told them if they were interested, they should see it, but I wasn't going to give it my recommendation. Uh, I don't think it's a movie you have to avoid. It's It was very pretty. Um, the story wasn't great. The acting wasn't great. Uh, I don't hate on Kristen Stewart like uh, a lot of people do. Uh, I didn't watch the Twilight movies because I knew I wouldn't like them, uh, and so I don't have that baggage. I liked her in Adventureland. I uh, liked her in Into the Wild. She had a little part in. So I don't mind her as an actress. She only has a couple levels, though, and those levels are very close together. And if she's a lot, like if the role is built for that, then she's great. I mean, as long as she can stay within that. But in a role like this, where she's supposed to be like the Joan of Arc leader, she's supposed to somehow outshine Charlize Theron, that's not the role she should be cast in. And that's just, that's not her fault that she was paid to be in this movie and she's giving these lines to read she didn't do a great job with it but uh, i i don't know i can't hold it against her too much i guess uh, i think one of the other big problems that i had was the character of william who's added in to maybe create a love triangle that never really exists and so i'm not sure why he was there they could have excised him from the movie they, they essentially just used him as a vehicle to use to get the apple bit in yeah but it's like, you know, you could cut him out of the movie, save yourself some money, cut some time, and just have someone else get that plot going. So, I don't know. I don't yeah, recommend it's cool it. It's cool to see a really strong terrible. archer, though. It was kind of neat. I, I'm, in, I'm into the archers. I'm, I'm surprised that there were so many examples of, of bow and arrow users this summer specifically. Because we had William and Merida from Brave and Hawkeye from Avengers and... The Hunger Games, um, and there was another one. Oh, it's from a video. Five year engagement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's Um, funny, yeah. Yeah, another problem I have with this movie is you kind of touched on, but um, in what world is Case do prettier than Charlize Theron? Well, but. It's not necessarily that she was supposed to be prettier. It's that she was supposed to be purer. And the way they were writing Charlie Theron was definitely super no, Gucci. See, and, and that brings up a great point uh, where I thought that this could have been a shining example for kids, which is who this is aimed at, which is why not play the inner beauty card? Like that would have been perfect is Kristen Stewart's character was – you know, kind of animals and this, that, and the other thing. And sure, she's not as pretty as Charlize Theron, but Charlize Theron is a witch. And you had the people, <laughs> and you had the people who were disfiguring themselves. Uh, you know, the the village there. And I thought that how great would it have been had the writer said, you know, what she's going to do? She's going to try and disfigure herself like those people did, and she's still going to be the fairest of the land because, you know, she is such a great person. She was doing that to try and protect people. And I think that there may have been a better movie in there had you 
move some of those things around. But yeah, again, or if you better. just cast someone who wasn't as pretty as as like instead of casting someone who's mildly less pretty than Charlize Theron, gone with someone who was like just sort of plain, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, but then you're still falling into the kind of Disney princess trap, I guess. Um, and you could subvert that quite a bit if if you wanted to. But then again, yeah. are we asking this of a blockbuster movie? I don't know. Triple A title. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I think we've exhausted that one pretty well. <laughs> well, I think it's important that we, we talk about the ones that we were not as big a fan of as well as, well as the ones that we were. You know? I exactly. think that's a good, that's a good point. Oh, okay. We're so close. Three down, three left. Two yeah. of which I hadn't seen. <laughs> I'll take this one since I'm the only one who's seen it. Um, Snow White has a man called Vincent Regan in it. Probably saying that wrong, but he was also in Lockout, which I saw the previews for. I was like, this looks far better than it has any right to be. Space Jail. Um, yeah, it, it's a jail breakout movie where basically a daughter of a U.S. senator, or no, it's the president's daughter, gets trapped in an outer space prison as it's being taken over by the inmates. So it, it's Air Force exactly One means Con Air. Yeah. yeah. In space. In space. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. You know, solid action, uh, good, you know, betrayal from the bad guys. And the, yeah, it, I, not a whole lot to say about it. The guy Pierce was good at as the guy who breaks in to save her. The not much else to say about it other than it was fun to watch is definitely a solid flick um i don't need know if i need to see it again but i'm glad i did see it once i've i've had a thing for guy pierce since memento and uh i remember seeing uh count of monte cristo and mm. being kind of appalled by his teeth um, but other than that, yeah, I, I feel that. like I really wanted to see this because of Guy Pierce. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I will probably go back and watch it for that very reason because I like Guy Pierce and I, and I want to see his work. Um, but when I think about what drew me into Memento so hard was, was his ability to play a character who had no memory, which was kind of really cool, and the, and the editing of it. So it'll be interesting to see him in a movie that's very popcorn-y. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the movie. I think it's available uh, at Redbox, and I'm pr it's on Netflix. pretty sure it's on that's my Netflix. I yeah, it. I, think it's, Is it? I think it's in my queue. Yeah. We'll watch it tomorrow. So I, do, I do plan on watching it, but it's a ways down on the list because I or think that day. I think it probably is a flick. Um, and so I've got a yeah. lot of movies and films to watch. Mm, sorry. <clears throat> uh, we got through there through Vincent Regan. Okay, so uh, like we said, Guy Pierce is in, in uh, Lockout. He's sort of the headlining guy. Um, but he's also in this movie called Lawless, and in Lawless there are a ton, a ton of amazing actors, um, and uh, and Shia LaBeouf, uh, and I really want to see this movie um, because I actually there's a little part of me that kind of loves Shia, and there's there's sort of a story behind it. 
Uh, I used to follow this artist online who does these really like whack absurdist uh, drawings and paintings, um, sometimes in the graffiti medium. Um, and there's this video online of him breaking into Shia's house and uh, and doing a painting, a mural in his house. And uh, just as he's finishing the painting, Shia comes home and he's like, it's your, it's your birthday present and here's a cake. And he's like, get the fuck out of my house. Um, and I'm sure he's in on it, but it's it was actually really funny to watch. And it's nice to see celebrities with a sense of humor. So anyway, um, I want to see Lawless. <laughs> someone take it who's seen this movie. Has someone seen this movie? I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I have seen it. Good. And it it is a very, very solid movie. It's based off of a book, based off of a true story. Um, there, there's a lot to say about it first thing i should say is that i saw this with my girlfriend because she wanted to see it due to jessica chastain and tom hardy being in it Ooh, tom hardy. and jessica within, chastain. within minutes they have kids that uh the three brothers that are growing up and they're trying to get the younger kid to shoot like a rabbit or something and as soon as that happened i felt her clench up next to me like oh shit I don't actually want to see this movie. This is not my kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, to be honest, it isn't. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of, you know, explosions. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of pain. It's, it's a classic kind of uh, gangster story set out in the West, kind of. Uh, it's set down south somewhere. But, it you know, it has kind of a Western feel right to it. But also the gangster mob movie kind of feel all the performances were fantastic even shia did a pretty good job probably because it wasn't the exact same character he's been playing for the past 10 years or so well um, i mean if you look at who's alongside him you've got uh tom hardy guy tom pierce. hardy guy pierce gary oldman um it was uh what's his name with the weird face steve buscemi in it no Oh, okay. uh, no, that was that that would be. That I'm probably thinking show. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. yeah, that one. But yeah, I mean, he's surrounded by he's surrounded by by heavy hitters, so he probably had to step his game up, which is going to be good for his career in the long run, I think. Tom Hardy does one of the best performances I've ever seen, and he doesn't even talk a whole lot. It, it's just there's so much. I, tense tension and hilarity and just solid action that it's it, it's a very good movie I yeah, for transition border, borderline film i i'm not sure i want to get give it a film but it's definitely a very very great movie are you ready for a transition because i got a good one yeah do it i i have been consistently consistently impressed with tom hardy um from the first thing I really saw him in, which was Inception, uh, to yes. um, to this movie I watched with my friend Kurt the other day called The Fighter. Oh which yeah, is about um, uh, MMA fighters, which was I didn't it's, I didn't think that was going to be it at all. But, war, it's Warrior actually. The oh, it's Warrior. A different yeah, one, Warrior was fantastic, and Last year. and most recently in uh, another movie that came out this summer, The Dark Knight. I was actually Rises. really impressed with him in the Dark Knight as well. Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um, I mean, the amount of the amount of 
empathy that this guy's got to project from being able to act as well as he did from just his eyes um, was was astounding to me. Like, you never got to see anything on his face besides his eyes and a little bit of his eyebrows and his forehead. And at the same time, you were I was almost always on the same page with him emotionally. It was amazing. I and, and so that's what it leads us into Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> there you go. There's but you could have also gone through Gary Oldman, which is interesting, if not important. Oh, I love Gary Oldman too, but I felt like yeah. I feel like I feel like Tom Hardy needs some props because Yes. He definitely Tom Hardy, deserves props. Tom Hardy is probably the best part about the Dark Knight. His performance is spot on. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, his performance is spot on. The story is very solid, uh, albeit mildly contrived in my opinion. But it, it works to finish the story of the Dark Knight trilogy that mm. Nolan has told us. Um, I feel like pretty much everything that can be said about this movie has been said about this movie. Selena Kyle as the cat or Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle was fantastic. The costuming was great. Uh, My biggest problem with this movie was the ending where Jogo is like, Oh yeah, my name's Robin or however it was done. I did not like how it was done. I'm okay with the fact that it happened. I just, it felt too cheesy for a Christopher Nolan movie or a Batman movie that isn't. Because I remember, cause I remember we were talking about it a lot right after we saw it. I mean, if, if, if they it, had I mean, gone with uh, anything besides his name actually being Robin, it would have been fine. If his name had been Dick Grayson, that would have been fine. If his name had been, you know, what what's the other one? The one who's not Tim the, Drake. Damian yeah. Wayne. Not Damian Wayne. That wouldn't make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason Todd probably would have caused a fuss because he's the one who dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, really, I'm okay with his name being Robin. The way they did it was wince. Yes. And you know, even if like inducing. She she says his name. If she had not said his name, but just that you saw a flash of the card or yeah, his ID or the list, like any of those would have been a lot better than you know. Oh, I like your name. Robin. It was almost painful enough to ruin the movie for me. Yeah, because I like the sequence that followed it too, where he goes, mm-hmm. he finds the bat cave and goes in there. It's just that that line itself is just made me cringe a little bit in the theater. Yeah. I know a lot of people had a lot of negative things to say about the the scene that they shot in Italy at the very end, where mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is at the table with uh, an an undisclosed brunette woman who we can only imagine is Selena, Selena Kyle. Kyle yeah. um, it is Selena Kyle. And, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he sees him and then he cries a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, I, again, easy to please. I was the guy who liked the epilogue to the Harry Potter seven book. Um, I hate you. I know. And everything uh, you stand for. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed. I, I even enjoyed that little fan service to to show us that everybody's going to be okay at the end of it all. I I'm on, kind of on the same lines there as I am with the Robin bit in that he could have done a more Nolan ending that would have been better, where we see everything up until. 
the part where it actually shows Bruce Wayne. If we just mm-hmm. see Alfred's face and him smile, and then it goes to back to Robin or the credits, that would have been a lot more effective to me. I agree with that. I would have dug that a lot if we saw because he they set up the premise of that really well, where he goes to the thing to see, and so if we if we were to see him in Italy and see the smile happen, I could get behind that. Yeah. I, I think it's like the coin in Inception. I mean, there are a million ways yeah, yeah. you could have done it, but. Pulling back a little bit, I think would have only helped things. Whether you saw somebody who looked like he might have been Bruce Wayne and he smiled, whether it hung on someone who might have been Bruce Wayne and it just cut there, had it just panned around so you can see his face as he smiles, any of those I think would have been better. Uh, you know, little nitpicky things don't kill the movie for me, but it is. Yeah, something I'm still buying the trilogy on Blu ray once right. it comes out. It's just, you know, it's a place where it probably could have been improved, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like them pulling in Neeson as, you know, the father of the villain and right, yeah. making that connection the and making it very much the trilogy. And the ghost, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see what Christopher Nolan's next movie is because of the idea of the double trilogy, which is something that I've shared with many people. And if you care to know more about it. Uh, leave a comment or shoot uh, us an email at our email and I'll, and I'll deliver that up and, and provide links. Kind of hoping that the Bond uh, speculation comes through. I want to see a Chris Nolan directed Idris Elba starring Bond mm. movie. I My problem with that would be that it would turn into a Christopher Nolan movie over a Bond movie. Sure. Which Because he would direct it how he wanted yeah. to direct it. Which but then, fine. but then again, if you watch Skyfall and you watch Dark Knight Rises back to back, and those are similar films, and Inception has the Bond, uh, Bond movie esque snow sequences, and that's yeah. true. He does I need to rewatch Inception, and I need to go see Skyfall. Sequence. Yeah, go Skyfall. see Skyfall. Um, check out my blog for my review on that. It's kind of lengthy, but I have a lot to say about it's it. Kind of a lengthy movie. So yes, we yes, had. Yes. We had a list that went down all the way to Ted, but I haven't seen any of the remaining movies. Neither yeah, me I. neither. But I really wanted <laughs> well, to see I've seen Total Ted. Recall. I saw Ted. I kind of wanted to see Total Recall just because of the casting again. Yeah, um, I love uh, story. I'm Colin not too big Farrell. on so. I see love Seven Colin Psychopaths. Yeah. Oh, Seven Psychopaths looks Jeez. so good. Do you want to know why I love Seven Psychopaths? Martin McDonough. This is one of the very few times that I will want to go see a movie because of a writer. Now, I don't. I don't follow writers very well. I made you see in Bruges, right? Yes, you did. Okay, I loved yeah. in Bruges. I would poop my pants to see in Bruges on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I might just go out and buy it. That movie is so good. But um, he did yeah, a trilogy. Wait, in Bruges isn't net on Netflix. Is it is yes. I'm watching it on Saturday. I'm having a big day on Saturday. Um, I'm almost positive. But uh, um, he he did a trilogy of plays for uh, the Behead, theater. Beheading in Spokane. That's Behanding sure. in Spokane. Behanding in Spokane. That's one I want to get. Um, but no, that, that's, I don't think that's one of the. the yeah, trilogy. it's probably not the trilogy. It's just one. I it's um, the Lieutenant of Anishmore, the Cripple of Anishmon, and, and one other. And they're all in that same sort of bruji style dark comedy where um, 
people are just terrible to each other, but it's because they on, on a base level kind of love each other. Um, and one guy gets shot in the head in, in Lieutenant of Anish Moore uh, on stage and there's blood everywhere. And uh, in Cripple of Anish Mon, uh, this kid's sister uh, breaks like a dozen eggs over their head on stage. And that was a fucking bitch. I did props for that show and I was, it was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, uh, Martin McDonough, I, I, I have enjoyed a lot of his stuff and I can't wait to see Seven Psychopaths because of it. Very few times that I follow a writer. Yeah. Good. I could have swore that you could stream it, but apparently it's not on Netflix. It must have must have came off of it. So I'm sorry, Rudy. No worries, it's okay. I'm used to disappointment. There are other ways to see movies, believe it or not. That's true. If you say Redbox one more time, I'm gonna kick you. It, in the is, dick. it is on Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is in Redbox. How about the cheap Redbox knockoffs? Like Orange box. Someplace. I don't Maroon, remember what Maroon box. <laughs> and it's like a DVD Netflix Central DVD if uh, you're a Luddite. Boxy box. <laughs> so, anyways, that pretty much does it for 2012 movies. I think we've covered almost everything that's out right now. Oh, I've got a ton more. Yeah, there's so many, <laughs> so many movies. But I like, know. We've hit all the major ones except maybe Skyfall. But mm, I don't know if... Lame is, but it hasn't come out yet. I've seen yeah. fifty movies, fifty twenty twelve movies so far. I'm hope that was my goal. That was my goal. I'm Very hoping impressive. to surpass it. I wish I had the money and time. Not not all of them were great. <laughs> no, no, that's definitely true. There were some terrible flicks in there. <laughs> yeah. There are some terrible films in there somewhere. Um, so I feel like we should end this off by saying, you know, top movie, maybe top two or three of the year so far. From the list or from any of them? Uh, any of them. Okay. You wanna? Who wants to start? I need some time to think. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll start. I mean, I can't swear that these are my three favorite, but they're in the top ten. Um, number one with a bullet is The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I've seen twice in theaters. Mm. I drove um, 45 minutes to Portland to see it both times in theaters, and uh, it's going to be a purchase probably the second it comes out on blu-ray i'll play pay the premium to get it uh it's one of my favorite movies of the year uh should remain that way and it's probably going to be in my personal pantheon uh i imagine have to give it some time but i just i love that movie it's really heartwarming uh some great acting in it um let's see what else do i want to what else do i want to admit that i watched there's (laughs) there there are some interesting ones in here um, you know, like I'm not sure Katy Perry part of me 3D is you know, <laughs> in my top ten. Although yeah, I wouldn't admit to that. Although it Magic Mike, too bad he already um, did. I can't I can't swear that that's an excellent double feature, but it's kind of an excellent double feature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your your sister's sister. Uh, it's got Mark Duplass, Emily Blunt, and Rosemary Dewitt, um, and it's a really good movie. The three of them or in a cabin most of the time. It has to do with their uh, relationships um, and all that jazz. Uh, I saw that as, I think, part of a quadruple or 
quintuple feature or something that it was it was a three it was a three duplass day um and it was it was the best movie i saw that day and won the best um of the year and then i'm gonna throw out just a random one uh the raid redemption i got that on Redbox, and that was a really really energetic movie um basically if you've seen the dread 3d if you've seen dread 3d or the trailers for it, it's very similar it's an action movie set in a high-rise uh it's subtitled but it's one of the best action movies i've seen in a long time so see you do like action movies right you tell, yeah, people, I, you tell people who say you don't that they can suck your dick. well i like i like i like that in haywire <laughs> i mean those are you know those are good action movies in my mind, but not yes. bendable. I thoroughly enjoyed Haywire. I mostly watched it because Gina Carano is kind of a celebrity crush. Even though she's not really a celebrity. Um, I first got her uh, note of her during the reboot of American Gladiators. She oh, was yeah. Crush, yeah, definitely. Which, you know, was exactly what I wanted it to be. And, you know, Haywire was a solid action movie. Got it. Had a pretty strong cast all around a pretty ridiculous cast if i remember correctly yeah it was um, a great year for steven soderbergh yeah not not one of my top movies of the year but definitely one of my most enjoyed movies of the year i'd say wow that sounded way dirtier than i intended <laughs> don't take it that way most um, enjoyed <laughs> top I movies of the year four or five times a week hey yo <laughs> Top movies of the year are Cabin in the Woods. Go listen to our last episode to see why. Um, definitely Looper is up there. I did see Cloud Atlas, and it was in- interesting, intense. I, I don't know. Words can't really describe it. It's big in ways that I've not seen before. <laughs> now, That's what she um, said. Wow. Just... Did you watch Tree of Life, Dan? I did, and I did not enjoy it. Okay, okay. That's I watched Tree of Life. It uh, fell prey to my thirty-minute rule. Um, I just yeah. I can't watch that much masturbation, like directorial <laughs> masturbation. Like that was, I'm, he was so full of himself. I was just um, I I feared that it was going to be a similar movie. Um, uh, it's definitely not in that sense. Okay. Um, there is some of that to it, but it's definitely more i mean there's a plot to it actually there's seven plots to it that all interact um in different times it's it's a very ambitious confusing plot um the performances are great you get to see hugo weaving dressed up as a nurse i love hugo weaving and he's fantastic as a female nurse right yes dressed up as a female nurse kind of based on nurse ratchet is he supposed to be a I think he's supposed um, to be a woman. It, oh, okay. He's supposed to be a woman. The, yeah. It's basically, it's like seven different stories that take place during different times and each consecutive time is reading or watching some sort of story that is the previous plot. Oh, we're back on Cloud Atlas. Okay. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> it will take at least two watches or a read through of Wikipedia or three that would to understand it, but it's it's very well done. I thought we were talking about Tree of Life. <laughs> no, Tree of Life is self-masturbatory. It's yeah. yeah. It it could it be a, a good movie if they took out the random. <laughs> hey, look, this is how the world evolved. 
hour of the movie. It it got to the dinosaurs, and I was like, "Am I really watching this movie still?" I yeah. If you skip over that part, it's an okay family drama. First of all, speaking of dinosaurs, did anyone else see the preview for Jurassic Park 3D? Uh huh. And do you know why they're re-releasing it right now? So that they can get more hype for the sequel. Twenty year anniversary. Holy shit. Right? Getting old. How can old am I? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to sound like a major fanboy and say Cabin in the Woods and Avengers, but I will change my mind and say Cabin in the Woods and Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3, surprise hit of the year for me. Definitely a surprise. Yeah. And definitely a hit. So. And Cabin in the Woods, again, go watch it if you haven't. I watched it again after I had watched it again for the podcast with some friends. Uh, and it was amazing then. And I still have to watch it again and again to do the drinking game with it. So, Oh, man. You know, Rudy, had I known that Men in Black 3 was going to be one of your best movies, I would have loaned you one from my list. on that note i feel like we should call it a day Uh, also brave yes brave was great (laughs) also avengers um, that's that's it for cinemasters this also every movie i saw this year except for snow white and the huntsman (laughs) which is borderline it's all right (laughs) Easy, easy to please. <laughs> Way too easy to please. Awesome. Oh, um, so if you liked this podcast, check out Rogue Arrow podcast. It's rogarrow.blogspot.com. We review the CW show Arrow. I also have Mainframe Chronicle where we review the 90s TV show reboot. Uh, new episode just went up for that. If you want to leave us feedback, you could do so at the Cinemasters at gmail.com or find us at thecinemasters.blogspot.com we are also on google plus just search for mo v's rule as in movies rule but it has to be two names and the first name has to be a real name so that's what i came up with you can find me on twitter at amazing base that's b-a-s-s um yeah, anyone else want to plug stuff? Um, I'm on Twitter at Lynn Jacob, L-I-N-N-J-C-O-B, and I write for GFB Robot. I do TV blog posts there, gfbrobot.com. I am uh, on Twitter at Shubak R. Uh, that's spelled S-C-H-U-E. <laughs> Stop laughing, this is long. S-C-H-U-E-P as in Paul. (laughs) S-C-H-U-E-P as in Paul, B as in boy, A-C-H-R. Peanut butter, ach. Peanut butter, ach. Uh, The the easy way to remember is Chewy P. S-C-H-U-E-P-B-C-H. Or you can find either Jacob or I and go through our followers and Rudy will be there. Fair enough. Uh, also, I am uh, a content um, creator for the United Gaming Coalition, which is currently in 
a weird bubbly hiatus, but hopefully we'll one day emerge uh, like a phoenix from the ashes that it hasn't actually produced yet. So just anyway. like the phoenix. We're gonna rise. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> New tenacious. And you can Diablo find because... tenacious D at uh, tenacious <laughs> just D. Google search tenacious D. The new tenacious D album is one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> Again, easy to please. It was good. I liked that. It, it is actually. a good album. <laughs> All right, I'm logging out. I'm Rudy Shubak. Jake Blinn. Daniel James. Keep Go on see a movie. Reeling on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Enjoy or keep your burrito? on movie. No, 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 no. On. Wait, here you go. Are you uh, I wish we could here do com- it. Here comes, here comes a good tagline. Are you ready? Here it comes. Yeah. All right, everybody, keep it real. (laughs) Done. I'll be back. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Think it'll work? Bye-bye! The Emerald Archer the battling bowman, Ali, whatever name you know him by, he is best known as Oliver Queen, the billionaire playboy who was stranded on an island for five years, forcing him to become the Arrow. Join us as we follow his journey to clean up the mess his father helped create in Starling City. I am Daniel James. I'm Chris O'Neill. I'm Laurel Murs. And I'm Rudy Schubach. And you should check out Rogue Arrow Podcast, where we talk about the CW show Arrow. You can find us at roguearrow.blogspot.com or by searching iTunes or Facebook for Rogue Arrow Podcast. Websites, podcasts, to this place, the, the Mainframe Chronicle. Chronicle. Our format, podcasters, to analyze and discuss, to discuss the shows we love. Their strengths and flaws. We discuss them until our jobs ache. Software pirates. Oh, this is bad. This is very bad. Megabyte hit a delete command in the mask, just like you said. Only you didn't know because I should have copied and pasted the truth from the start. I am the Crimson Bino. Well, get to work, you two. I don't keep you around for your brains now, do I? 
This might even take one whole second! Dot, can you read me? Dot! Not good! This is not good! It's an infinite data Elsa flu. <sighs> What's that mean? Runes run like you've never run before! Careful, young Enzo. Remember that anything worthwhile takes time. I couldn't figure out how to beat that music. I must be basic. They say the listener lives outside the net. And listens to the podcast. No one knows for sure, but, but we, we intend, intend to, to find, find out. out. Mainframe Chronicle. Join us as we explore the world of Mainframe and the adventures of Bob, Dot, and Enzo in the Mainframe Chronicle podcast. You can find us at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com, on Twitter at MF Podcast, or on Facebook and iTunes by searching Mainframe Chronicle.